While many of the rules and regulations put in place during the pandemic to help New Yorkers navigate the public health emergency have been retired, a holdover from this era is a sick leave provision for cases of COVID-19, which is still infecting thousands of people every day. For more on this remnant from the heyday of the pandemic, which businesses are looking to curtail, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Frank Kerbin, director of the Center for Human Resources at the Business Council of New York State. Welcome back to the show, Frank. Thank you. Great to be here again. Well, back in the spring of 2020, then Governor Andrew Cuomo and state policymakers began uh, putting together a paid sick leave bill that would cover New Yorkers who were forced to quarantine as a result of uh, catching COVID-19. What did they come up with and what shape is that provision in today? Yeah, it was uh, a crazy time, as we all remember, uh, March 2020 and what happened on the 17th of March, the legislature passed and the governor signed, as you mentioned, New York State's COVID paid sick leave plan. Uh, This was effective immediately, which is a big deal for employers who are trying to comply with complex laws like this. And what it was designed to do was to replace the income for individuals who were impacted by COVID, right, that people were going to be quarantined by public health officials and therefore unable to go to work. And that lost income should be replaced by someone. It was going to be uh, New York employers. A lot of things were happening at the same time. And that same week, the federal government passed their own COVID paid sick leave plan, a plan that would reimburse employers for providing uh, leave time for impacted individuals. New York State passed its own paid sick leave law independent of COVID that was going to take effect January 1st of 2021 that all employers have to comply with still today. Uh, So there was a lot going on then. Um, And this law, again, was to protect individuals who were uh, quarantined by public health officials. So today, what does the COVID-specific sick leave policy consist of? For example, how many days off can someone get and how does someone actually take advantage of it? Sure. So back then, as we all remember, it was going to be uh, two weeks, right? You were going to be quarantined for two weeks. Uh, the legislature works in you know nine to five, five-day increments because that's how they think everyone works. <laughs> so the goal was to replace the income for people who are going to be quarantined for these two weeks. If you had less than 100 employees, uh, in general, you were required to provide five paid days of COVID paid sick leave. The remainder of any quarantine period would be paid for by a special disability and paid family leave benefit. Disability and paid family leave benefits in New York State are paid for by insurance carriers. Uh, The same insurance carrier pays for both of those benefits in most cases. So, the thinking was that smaller employers would have some relief, right? They'd only be on the hook for half of the quarantine period. If you had more than 100 employees, you had to replace income loss during a 14-day calendar period. Uh, you were 100% responsible for that. It it evolved over time. One of the things that happened in the winter of 2021 was that it became apparent that the public health officials, those responsible for issuing quarantine orders, were overwhelmed. We had a surge at that point. They weren't able to keep up with the quarantine orders. So the state essentially said, Department of Labor, by the way, administers this. They put out some guidance that said employees can essentially quarantine themselves anytime they're impacted by COVID. Uh, You can imagine how employers might have reacted, right, Uh, that some employees may take advantage and, and quarantine themselves frequently. Um, so the Department of Labor put in some some guardrails to make sure there were some limitations on that. So in, in January of 2021, they said employees can only receive the COVID benefit 
three times in their lifetime. The second and third time have to be the result of a positive test for themselves, a test that's documented by a laboratory or a doctor's office. If you remember back in the early days, if my wife had COVID, uh, I would be eligible to stay home and get my COVID paid sick leave mm. because they didn't want the spread. So the Department of Labor changed this in, in, in January of 2021 to put some guardrails on that. Um, so employees can essentially then quarantine themselves. And that's where we're at now. Not much has changed since then. The law is still in effect. There's no sunset provision on this. It's a question I get all the time is that I thought the pandemic was over. Isn't COVID paid sick leave over? It's not. It's in statute. It won't be over until the legislature repeals and the governor signs it. So this reminds me of my experience when I got COVID in 2022. I think I used about a day and a half of my paid time off, which is also how we consider our, our sick leave uh, here at WCNY, because uh, it didn't even dawn on me that I had an option to utilize a special COVID leave if I did go and get the lab test to confirm my at-home tests. So is there reason to believe that New Yorkers are, A, aware of this benefit, and, and B, utilizing it in meaningful numbers? Good question. Uh, you know, the, the Department of Labor isn't great at communicating the requirements to to employees of what their rights and benefits are, or to employers for that matter. Uh, you should have been entitled to use COVID paid sick leave instead of your paid sick leave. Employers were prohibited from docking your personal leave time when COVID was, was was the reason for your absence. They should have been using COVID paid sick leave. So to the degree that employees use it, they clearly used it. We have business council members who have uh, incurred huge expenses. We have a, a Western New York human service agency that is in excess of millions of dollars in COVID paid sick leave payments uh, that they've made to their workers who have been impacted by COVID and who are still impacted by COVID, as you mentioned. It, you know, now that the weather's changed, we're seeing an increase and uh, uh, individuals with COVID, and uh, they continue to have to pay out these amounts. Um, so it's signif- there's been significant usage of the benefit around the state. Whether every employee is aware of it or not, I don't know, um, but um, there clearly are, are many who are. Well, you mentioned the costs to, say, a human services business. And I imagine, though, a human services business is one where people are working closely with one another. And if people then are utilizing sick leave, whether it's COVID sick leave or, or, or something else, to stay out of the office, it theoretically is preventing, say, a worse health problem in a business. So from your perspective, does it seem like the costs are ultimately less than what would happen if people were trying to work through these illnesses? Or do you feel like the cost of the program outweighs the potential benefits? No, no question. I mean, it's an employer's obligation to keep their workplace safe and, and employers have made that their priority. We don't want people who are positive, COVID positive in the workplace. The federal plan, as I mentioned, that was passed at the same time in, in March of 2020, included reimbursement by the federal government for employer costs related to paying COVID paid sick leave. Employers were able to get tax credits on their uh, uh, employment tax filings almost immediately, quarterly, to reimburse them for that. New York did not have any similar reimbursement costs for this. So yes, you know, employers took on a lot of new roles in March of 2020. We became employee health experts. We became, uh, you know, infectious disease experts. But clearly the goal is to protect the workplace. And you're right, these human service agencies, healthcare environments, you clearly do not want people with positive COVID tests uh, coming to work and exposing clients and patients to that. So, you know, the cost benefit analysis is certainly there. It's just that 
when income needed to be replaced, New York State relied on employers to replace that that income. The federal government took a different track and uh, had government subsidies for that. So you'll hear me say often that employers were expected to pick up the cost of the COVID pandemic. Uh, they were not just in COVID paid sick leave. You know, we've had uh, we've talked about the unemployment insurance fund and how uh, uh, New York. Uh, has failed to use any American Rescue Plan money to offset the debt that was incurred as a result of the pandemic. So employers are paying that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of expenses uh, that, that employers incurred during the pandemic. This is clearly just one of them. But first and foremost, employee safety was our concern to make sure that uh, we limited the spread of the disease where possible, for sure. So when you think of the path forward, then, would you like to see the leave provision left in place, but change who bears the brunt of it, like having some sort of state reimbursement? Or would you like to see the actual benefit eliminated? Well, I think we've learned a lot since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, The CDC has revised their guidelines on who can be out for how long. When you test positive, you only need to be out for typically five days if you're fever-free, things like that. Uh, We have vaccines to treat the COVID exposure. Is COVID still that much different than you know the seasonal flu? Um, yet it still has its own separate and distinct benefit in law that the flu does not. So employers have become very, I think, aware and savvy in terms of keeping their workplace safe. We don't want people in the workplace who are sick with the flu. New York has, it, I mentioned at the same time, passed its own paid sick leave law where employers have to provide either 40 or 56 hours of paid sick leave. That wasn't a requirement before the pandemic. It's in place now. One would argue that there already are is another sick leave plan for employees to fall back on if they were to get COVID. Um, so I think the time has come to sunset the COVID paid sick leave uh, to quit treating COVID-19 as some sort of different and distinct virus from the flu, from everything else that employers and employees deal with on a regular basis. We have the paid sick leave law that's in effect. Uh, let's have employees use that and whatever else their employers are providing. Well, conversely, then, what about this idea that COVID-19 isn't indistinct from the flu and therefore we should have a broader mandatory leave policy that reflects any sort of infectious disease, whether it is the flu or COVID-19? And there is a public health question where the state has a vested interest and so does the employer in keeping people home. What about expanding the provision so it's more broadly dealing with infectious diseases and having the state cover the cost. Would that make sense to you? Uh, well, I think that was done with the paid sick leave law. You know, this was implemented in March of 2020 and effective January 2021. Right. But I'm thinking of something that literally only has a public health implication. You know, if someone has certain conditions that just impact them but can't be transmitted through just working in the normal office, maybe it's treated differently because the state has a vested interest and maybe the state should carry the, carry the cost of it. Yeah, you know, I think maybe in preparation for the next pandemic that we're, we're told, you know, frequently is coming, it's, you know, when, not if, um, maybe these things need to be taken under consideration. But at, at this point, uh, you know, we think the mandates on employers to provide leave time are are, are adequate. Um, we're we're comfortable with providing those. The states want to, state wants to step in and and pay for a benefit like this. I guess we'd have to see what, you know what the catch is, right? <laughs> and, and and if the state had the resources to even do that. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Frank Kerbin. He is the director of the Center for Human Resources at the Business Council of New York State. 
Frank, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.